Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. Presiding is very difficult for them if they are still struggling with it. It's absolutely impossible. When your balance is being pulled and yanked around by fighting an addiction or losing battles to an addiction, you can't stay in a dancer's position. You can't make sure that you're strong and solid. This is what I'm trying to do with the men ladies when I take them through season four. I'm trying so hard to get them ready for you. And I am sad that we had to create a concept, a philosophy. What do you do in the meantime? What are we supposed to do in the meantime? And I feel horrible about even any of the suggestions I have to make, but apparently God was aware that women would often be in the circumstance of what do we do in the meantime? You're crossing the plains. The men go off to fight a battle. What are we supposed to do in the meantime? You're crossing the plains and he goes up in the mountains to get food and he may or may not come back. What are we supposed to do in the meantime? This is not a new question. The men get taken away to go on missions to England for three years. What are we supposed to do in the meantime? Ladies, it's the right question, but you actually have to get the answer and build on it. What do we do in the meantime? Corina says, admittedly, after years of being married to absentee husbands, I've mastered presiding and have a difficult time loosening my control of things. What's been explained to me by my own wife is she says, in every effort whatsoever to not sound insulting, because I'm a guy and I have to have that precursor because I got my own guy issues, whatever. So she lends herself to a little extra effort there. She says, because you're a changing person, because you're evolving, and sometimes you have better weeks and worse weeks, I have to make a new plan every week for how much to involve you every week. And I'm all, am I really that hard to live with? She says, it's not that you're hard to live with. You're an evolving human male. I'm trying to trying to find the compliment in that somewhere. I'm pretty sure there might be one hiding in there somewhere. But ladies, you are stuck with living human males that are evolving. And if you try to make a plan for the next six months, it's not going to work. Just like the pioneer women had to do, they look in their wagon and they say, what do I have to work with today? What do I have to work with this week? Do I have a lot to work with? Do I have a little bit to work with? What do I have to work with today? And then you make a plan of how you're going to do things. If he's psychologically absent, I'm going to have to do family home meeting. I'm going to have to do a scripture reading. I'm going to have to make sure the kids are ready for stuff. If he shows up a little bit more next week, all right, maybe I'll change the plan. And may I remind you that whether or not your plan is a good one is not measured by his reaction to it. If he throws a fit, that doesn't mean it was a bad plan. If he's excited, that doesn't mean it was a good plan. You do not take your plans to a human male who's evolving. 
you take your plans to God. You say, Heavenly Father, what do you think of my plan? And if you're like me, he'll say things like, that'll do. I'm all, that'll do. <laughs> or he'll say, I can work with that. I'm all, when are you going to say best plan ever, Maurice? The best plan ever. He's all, when you actually bring the best plan ever, I'll say that. So as a man, I'm ambitious. I'm going to get God someday to say best plan ever, and he hasn't done it yet. One of the things I've witnessed with presiding when my husband is not home, my children have lost some respect and also trust to come to him when they need something. My children usually come to me, and that has created a lot of tension in the home. When my husband and I separated eight months ago, I gave my wedding ring back to him. We are living together again, sleeping in the same bed, but I just recently told him that I refuse to have any type of intimacy if he doesn't present the full disclosure that he told me he was preparing and wanted to present to me. He got upset and defensive, but later he was more accepting of my plan. I think that my request is fair, but could you help me in case I am setting super high expectations? All right, let me talk about the last piece of that first. Yes, always set super high expectations. Oh my gosh, these guys are not spineless wusses. These are men. Men can find, discover, and live up to super high expectations. And if they can't, they do not deserve to be husbands. Okay? So stop lowering your super high expectations just because he's a spineless wuss. Was that a little too much? Did I go overboard right there? You got some okay. cheers in the background. I don't know if you saw or not. but <laughs> Okay. As a whiny little boy, I took my complaints about my wife's super high expectations to God. And that's when I found out what was really meant when Enos said he had to wrestle with God. Do you want to know what it's like to complain to God about one of his daughters? You get slapped around a little bit. Okay, oh, my daughter's hard for you to work with. How about you just go sit on a beach somewhere by yourself for eternity and leave my daughters alone? Well, her expectations are so high. Are you a spineless wuss and you can't become a real man during this lifetime so you can actually have a decent woman in your life? Is this how God talks to you people? Because this is what it's like for me. And all right. And may I bear my testimony, my personal witness, I like me more because of my wife's super high expectations. I like me more. I'm smarter than I used to be. I can be more sensitive than I used to be. I experienced this bizarre concept called compassion, the horrific experience called empathy. I don't know why you ladies like to feel empathy. That is the worst feeling ever. You feel pain and nothing bad even happened to you. It happened to somebody else. I'm over here feeling pain because someone else felt the pain. Why would you do that on purpose? Now I have to do it because I'm paid to do it. Ugh. Ladies, if you want to have a super excellent marriage, you have to have super high expectations. Now, by the way, the full disclosure thing, if you haven't read it up on it yet, Heather, would you put a post really quick into the five steps to repairing relationship? The full um, d disclosure concept is a really nice idea, but it's so... 1980, we have way better techniques than full disclosure techniques. Are you talking about the trust, Maurice? Or no? Yeah, five steps for rebuilding trust, the blog post. And there should be one or two audios on it somewhere, but I don't know where they've been put. Yes, have an expectation, but I would like you to raise your expectations even more. Don't request a full disclosure. Hand him this list of five things to rebuild trust. That's what actually needs to be done. And ladies, I totally support you of not participating in the highest level of intimacy called physical intimacy when so much of your relationship hasn't even crossed the first two lines. If a man can't provide you with a decent plan for the future, there's no reason to spend time in a bed with him. If a man cannot participate in emotional intimacy with you, there's no reason to spend time in a bed with him. 
If a man cannot participate in psychological intimacy, you are not required to spend time in a bed with him. If he cannot slightly comprehend and participate in spiritual intimacy, there's no reason for you to spend time in a bed with him. You can, you're allowed to, you won't get in trouble for it, but it's not required of you. Oh, before we end, I about threw a fit, ladies. Can I make sure I met a woman the other day who's been LDS her whole life. She's been married 30 years. And when we talked about the lack of uh, verbal intimacy in her marriage, she revealed to me that she is fulfilling her obligation to do bedroom activities with her husband three times a week. And she was under the impression that she was fulfilling a commandment in doing so. She thought it was her responsibility and her duty to make sure her husband did not have to control his sexual urges. We are men, not 12-year-old boys. Men can control their sexual urges and they don't need sex for 50 years. We don't need it. Any man who says he needs it, he's an underdeveloped man. You are not required to participate in bedroom activities against your will and against the harmony of your soul. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f- when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.